Right, so all we need is Derby to draw with Bristol City, Reading to beat Borough, and Hull to beat Swansea tomorrow, and we beat Preston. Then Swansea beat Derby and Millwall beat Bristol City in midweek. Then Rotherham beat Borough, Hull beat Bristol City, Blackburn beat Swansea, and West Brom beat Derby on the final day, and we beat QPR. Couldn't be easier. Easy, easy, easy. Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, not a bad Easter weekend for the Owls, a lot to look back on. Uh, we'll hear from Steve Bruce. In seven results, we need a draw and six defeats for our opponents. Highly unlikely, but you never know. And also Dominic Iorfa. I'm just thankful I've got this opportunity to come to a club like this. And of course, there's Preston away tomorrow, plus Alpinions, Jordan Rhodes, uh, Road Exit or Romain. What did you vote for? Why didn't I think of that last week when we were when we were recording it? Uh, right, first up then, Norwich. Uh, it just feels like we've got so much that we can talk about here. Um, let's start before the game even started with um, team selection. Obviously, uh, Cameron Dawson ending up... In the in the net late injury for uh, for Kieran Westwood, not ideal in the slightest, and unfortunately not the first time that uh, we have discussed a late change or an injury that's happened in the warm up. Yeah, uh, and not the first time it's happened to Kieran Westwood either. Going no, that's back true. over the years, uh, but yeah, not great when uh, you know your last minute preparations uh, pretty much have to go out the window, and then fifteen minutes uh, before kick off, you have to. Uh, make a, a changing goal when that back five, as we all know, has been incredibly strong over the last couple of months and where Wednesday have laid the solid foundations that they've had defensively. And there's no doubt about it that Cameron Dawson, I thought, looked very nervous and rusty early on. And, and of course, you had that controversial moment where he has handled outside of the penalty area, perhaps on another day, a referee may have shown him the red card, but uh, he was given the benefit of the of doubt by Jeff Eltringham, the ref. And after that, he, he grew into it and made some good saves uh, in that first half when Norwich were throwing a lot at, at Wednesday. I, do you know what? I, I just came away from Carrow Road. And I don't know about you, James, but I just looked at it and thought that that was a cracking advert for the championship. That game as a whole. Brilliant, everything. brilliant game of football, um, and for a neutral, a brilliant game to watch. I think for probably both sets of fans watching it, there was quite a bit to get frustrated with, um, and not necessarily their teams, because I thought both teams actually played pretty well. Uh, but really, in terms of the, I mean, really in terms of the way the game was officiated. Um, I think Cameron Dawson was really lucky to stay on the pitch. And I've got a feeling whether or not the ref looked at it and thought, it's really early in the game. They've not even got a substitute goalkeeper on the bench. Like, if he sends him off there, that's the game's ruined. That game's gone. Um, you know, we end up with Sam Hutchinson in the in, in the net. So um, I, I wonder whether or not he just took a little bit of pity on us there and just thought, I can't, I can't ruin this game this early on. Red card handling outside the box is not automatically a red a red card. When it becomes a red card, is is stopping a goal scoring opportunity. Now, you know as as we both know, the nature of a goalkeeper handling outside the box means that if he doesn't hand, handle outside the box and the ball goes past him, then it's an open net. Therefore, it is very likely to be a goal scoring opportunity. In that situation, you watch it back and kind of think, mm, you know, if if Dawson doesn't stop that that ball, then. He's he's strong. He's he's going to score. 
It was a, it was a miscalculation correct. from Dalton, yeah. It was. It, it was clumsy, and, and it but it falls doesn't matter. It's still stopping a goal-scoring opportunity. That, that category of, yeah, clear and obvious. Uh, and so maybe the ref has looked at it and gone covering defenders. Uh, made Michael Hector and Tom Lees not that far away from Cameron Dawson. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably clutching really yeah. at straws here. I mean, I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm not complaining because, no. it, as I say, it would have ruined the game. You know, such a late change. Um, I kind of interesting that we didn't have um, a, a third goalkeeper that travelled with the team in order to take up that place on the bench, um, which is. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you you sort of assume that these sort of things are not going to happen, but, you know, maybe that's a lesson to be learnt there, that maybe we we should be, you know, travelling with a little bit of extra resource for that for that situation. Um, Norwich's first goal, uh, what was your... T- some slightly dodgy defending there. Not just dodgy defending, I think <laughs> dodgy goalkeeping. Well, I think Cameron Dawson yeah. will look back on that he and he shouldn't cover himself in glory, did he? I, I think uh, it's gone underneath him hasn't it as he's dived uh, but yeah Sam Hutchinson and I think it was it might have been Michael Hector they, they didn't close down the ball quick enough and it was good play from Steeperman you, you know you have to give credit you yeah. know, from there but I think that Cameron Dawson he just reacted I thought late to it and, and I don't I think with every viewing on the replay, I, I, I think it, it gets worse for, for Cameron. So I think that he'd just look back on that first 20 minutes and, and go and, and put it down to, yep. I haven't played in three months, and then I'm thrown in at the deep end at the last minute. So I think you you have to uh, say, yeah, say that in Cameron Dawson's defence there. And uh, you, you also have to remember that Norwich are a blooming good side, and like this Absolutely. season, you know, like what you know, they're going to go on to probably win the league. And in that uh, opening twenty minutes or so, I thought particularly, you know, Wednesday had to at times withstand um, bombardment. You know, Norwich it felt a little bit like wave after wave; it was relentless without creating loads of clear cut opportunities. Uh, Norwich playing on the front foot, and uh, the atmosphere that they generate there. Every time I've gone down to Carrow Road, I do. I think it's one of the best grounds they they always pack it out and uh, their sort of home end they they don't half make a racket and and obviously uh, they were going into it and that they're virtually you know they're on the brink of securing promotion so of course there's going to be a bit of a party atmosphere but that's why i think the character and the response from wednesday uh, after going a goal behind, and then they lost Sam Hutchinson mm-hmm. uh, straight after Fernando's uh, spectacular goal, which I'm sure we're about to get onto. Uh, by the way, I particularly appreciated the uh, the Norwich uh, banner of "Welcome to Norwich, a fine city." I thought that was uh, that was quite beautiful and uh, very very Norwich. Um, yeah, so let, I mean, Forestieri's goal. I, it's, it's, have we got superlatives that we can use that haven't been used somewhere already? Because it was just super. It was wow. It was like um, I, I, you kind of think that you know Adam Reach is having a competition uh, among himself for goal of the season, and Fernando just kind of casually thinks, "Nah, I think I'm going to have a crack at this." I mean, he was on the floor at one point during that. He just runs around in circles a couple of times, and then just lets leash. I, I think it's it's great that it was a game that was on Sky because it means we get all the different angles of it because as you watch different angles of that goal it gets better it's just superb um and you know not not just for that goal but generally uh you know we we kind of questioned a week ago about 
you know, Forestieri, what's his role in the team going to be moving forward? Is he one of those players that Steve Bruce is looking at and maybe thinking, I don't know where this guy fits in? Because, you know, if that was uh, Fessy staking his claim for uh, for a role in this squad, he did it pretty well. He certainly did. That was a huge night for Fernando Forestieri, right? Yeah. Saying he needed to put in a really big, strong performance. And that's exactly what he did. And, and the goal capped off... Uh, I, I thought a man of the match display from him, and uh, you know Sky, I'm pretty sure gave it to him, and he, and he deserved it. You know he ran himself into the ground. He was a threat all the time. He could have scored in the second half. Yeah, that's that was as good as Fernando Forestieri has played in the Sheffield Wednesday shirt for probably eighteen months. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a hungry Fernando yeah. Forestieri. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what conversations have taken place in the last week that's you know created this kind of desire in him um, and I, I don't really care I'm just pleased that we've we've got that player that we know is, is there and it's been so long since we've seen it that you start to question whether you're ever going to see it again and as I say it's only seven days ago we had this this conversation and you know we both come, come away looking looking a bit daft because he, he proved us absolutely wrong proved all his doubts wrong who, who knows what it was like it might have been that it was on t- on TV, it was the big stage, Norwich uh, champions elect. I don't know what it was, but just on that night, you could tell very early on that Forestieri was at it, and yeah. that uh, you know he, he was at his mesmerising best, you know, with the ball and then without. Uh, it, we saw it at the second half. He still track. He was tracking back, and he was. Uh, doing his best to support the defence uh, and harrying off the ball. And I, I think that when uh, he he's doing that uh, on a consistent basis, I, I think that's when you sort of start to see Forestieri, he's hitting top form. And, yeah. and hopefully that will give him a lot of confidence and uh, he finished the season strongly in the final two games and uh, who knows, maybe more. Yeah, uh, right, OK. Um, I, I mean, what, whatever happens with Fernando Forestieri, it does us no harm him, you know, kind of reminding the the football world what he can do at this point. And and that, you know, in is a slightly cynical comment. It just means look, if 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 you know, we do need to move players on in the summer, right? We're, we're at the liberty of who clubs come in to place bids on. So it's um, true that might, that goal alone, that performance, yeah. other clubs have seen it. That might have actually put uh, a little bit more onto. The yeah. valuation, it's true. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and you're right. I mean, it is looking at it very cynically. And the way that Steve Bruce continues to talk about Fernando Forestier, he suggests that he very much sees him as part of his plans for next season. Uh, it, you know, in, And Wednesday's quest to you know, finish in the top six, should it not happen this year. But who knows what will happen in the summer. Uh, if there's a bid for him or somebody else, then obviously that situation will get reviewed. So from a, a beautiful, magnificent, spectacular goal to one that was a little different, um, second half. So um, the Stephen Fletcher goal, um, I, I'm not, I mean, it was a foul and it was handball. I, I don't really think there's anyone that's putting up any kind of um, protest that it, it, it Probably was a a, a fair uh, a fair goal. Um, it's a really bad. I mean, we 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 don't mind because it was in our favour, but it's a really bad miss by the officials. This I would say so. It's difficult for the ref from the angle he was in. Uh, you you really, I think, if you're the ref, you're hoping for some help from the linesman there. Yeah, and this is where 
I look at it and go, so Wednesday had a big slice of good fortune there. That goal shouldn't have stood. There's no doubt about it that you know, he's juggled, he's handled it in uh, into the net. And uh, I, th- I think what actually um, ensured that that goal was allowed to stand was that Fletcher's reaction of he just, you know, he, he goes away straight away to celebrate with yeah. the away fans and... So yeah, he's making it look as if, oh yeah, I did nothing wrong there whatsoever. You know, it's a perfectly legitimate goal, and it's only when you then slow it down and you see that no, it shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been given. And uh, so that's where I look at it and go, it swings and roundabouts. As then we all know that Steve Bruce wasn't happy with uh, you know the end at, at Norwich and the free kick that it shouldn't have been a free kick. No, um, that was clever play from Vrancic and uh, naive tackle. It has to be said from Marco Mateus on the edge of the area. Yep. No, no real need mm, to go diving in there. Slightly dubious game management there, yep. and I know it does. You know, the clock ticks for as long as it ticks. Uh, it's, I, I'm not sure I necessarily buy that as an excuse. I can see why Steve Bruce would bemoan it, as as you know most Wednesday fans would. But game management is still you just just get the ball, just belt the ball, keep it in the corner. You know, there's there's the, well, well, the classic th- one in that game. It, there, it was Lucas Wow, yep. Lucas Schwell where he has had it in the corner and then he's taken players on, and you could look at it on the one hand. It, you know, if Wednesday score, make it 3-1 and kill the game off from there, then no one's talking about it. But uh, unfortunately, Wednesday have conceded a very late equaliser and, uh, and Steve Bruce was probably as unhappy uh, as, as I've seen him after a game because of the time added on. I think it was more that that frustrated him than perhaps even the, the Marco Mateus foul that uh, we ended up with rather than just five minutes of time added on. It was seven. Yeah. But, you know, where Norwich... And he definitely has a point there. Yeah, he does. Um, can I ask you a really horrible question? <laughs> Do you think Kieran Westwood would have saved it? What, the... Free kick? No, no chance. Okay. I, I thought it was a really good free kick. It was a special free kick. And so, no, I... I do put some of the blame on Cameron Dawson for the opener, but not for the second. I thought it was a, it was a stunning free kick. In the circumstances, having had to wait as long as Vrancic did to take it, I think to show that level of technique, quality, to get it up over the wall, and it was it was not far away from being in the top corner. I, yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty special goal last minute. Fair but enough. you maybe beg to differ. Uh, not necessarily. I just wanted to ask you the question. To oh, be right. fair, um, I, I, when I first watched it, I was like, "Yeah, Westwood would save that." But that, yeah, that's just kind of like you, you're sort of lashing out a little bit, aren't you? And you, you're trying to find like easy sort of not easy targets because I wasn't even blaming Cameron Dawson. I'd just be like, "Oh well, if Westwood was playing, he'd have saved that, or he'd have he'd have got the wall moved across, and all that kind of stuff." It doesn't matter, you know. It, it took a, a point, and on you know on on Sky TV, we showed exactly what this team can can do. Uh, and I thought we came away from that game with some um, some real, real credit. Um, my notes that I wrote last night, I've got down uh, written here, um, Hutch season over. Uh, well, that might not be the case, as we'll uh, hear from Steve Bruce a little bit later on. So we'll let Steve um, we'll let Steve talk about that in a bit. Um, I mean, overall, that that Norwich game, and there's there's a million incidents that we've you know we've just not got time to kind of go through really. Um, 
Great performance. Really shows what this this team and it, it was an understrength team, uh, having to make changes during the game, having to make changes just before the game, but still putting in an excellent performance. At, you know, champions elect. They're going up. We all know they're going up. Uh, I think we. You know, I'm not going to say we played them off the park, but we certainly uh, we certainly gave them a good game. There were a lot of encouraging signs. Yeah, yeah big yeah, style. Yeah, you know, you could come away from there and uh, on the lo- long drive back uh, on that good Friday I, I, I was there in the car just thinking yeah do you know what yeah that really positive good signs another step in the right direction uh, having been played off the park at Leeds they then in this, in less than a week have shown that they can go to Norwich who are going to get promoted and they can match them for long periods and if not outplay them uh, and uh, if Wednesday had been perhaps a little bit more ruthless in the, in the final third, they uh, they would have come away with a big win and uh, would have then, of course, given themselves a better chance of uh, sneaking into that top six. The old P word. Mm. Um, Bristol City then on uh, Monday. I thought this was a really comprehensive victory. And considering the stage of the season that we're at, uh, considering that you know we'd played a game on the on the Friday night, um, so we'd had kind of you know less sort of downtime between games than most teams in the uh, in the championship. Bristol City also really had something to to, to play for. Um, it was it was it was damn good. That first half was excellent. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah uh, Wednesday wouldn't have flattered them at all if they'd gone in three or four up. Uh, another goal of the season contender from Barry Bannon. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah, Barry actually, he's, he's someone I wanted to really talk about in this podcast today because um, I, I think we would all, it would be fair to say that his form over the last few months, I think some people have questioned it at times, yep. he's been a bit up and down and I, I wouldn't disagree with that. When you actually look at the numbers, that's now four goals for Barry Bannon, which probably is his best return goal scoring wise uh, for Wednesday in the time that he's been at the club. Not great. Not by any means, I, I, for a player of his ability, should be scoring more than that. Uh, and that's what gets levelled at him a lot. Um, but it still is an improvement. Uh, but m- more impressively, 10 assists, uh, which, uh, you know, so that's 14 goals um, yeah. that he has either scored or contributed to. And that is a, that's not a bad effort at all for a guy who's not played all season. Uh, you know, he has had the odd injury problem here or there. And I, I thought, for, I thought particularly in that first half, he was the best player on the pitch. And, and Lee Johnson, Bristol City's manager afterwards, was very glowing in uh, his praise for Barry Bannon. And I, I think that that um, was the best that, that Barry Bannon has played in a while. And it, it now for him, hopefully, it's just a case of bottling it and doing that. Hopefully, more uh, you know, on a more consistent basis. That's what all Wednesday fans want to see. I think what you say is very true in terms of Barry. Um, he tends to kind of go through these sort of waves, doesn't he, where he just has a few games where he he just looks under par. Uh, he's also kind of a victim of his own success because you judge, you judge Barry Bannon by Barry Bannon, and, and that means that, you know, he, he for, for, for such a long time, has always hit a certain level. When he's a little under par, um, you know, we, we, we kind of judge him against his own high standards, and we forget, you know, just how much we struggled in midfield last season when Bannon was out injured, and when he came back into the team, literally it was that game against Leeds, wasn't it? You know, Bannon comes back into the 
into the team and, and suddenly it changes you know he forms that spine of the the team again and um and and, and you know we we see you know last season the team go on to to get the victories that we just didn't think they were going to get to to ultimately actually finish the season relatively comfortably um he was one of those players that on monday he benefited from having not played at norwich yeah, know, did, coming yeah. on as a sub and uh, that was the other thing that i thought was really apparent from the bristol city game is that it did actually show there is squad strength in depth here. There is uh, some quality there in reserves. They made six changes, and uh, yeah, Lucas Round, Gary Hooper came in up front, and then you've had Barry Bannon, and then a couple of others. And uh, for Wednesday to then produce that level of performance, uh, you have to say, you know, in the first half particularly, uh, it's, you know, it's very encouraging for the future. Is Barry Bannon? Um irreplaceable for Sheffield Wednesday. You know, we know that if if we get to the summer and there's players that have to go out, we have to sell players, right? Um, and we've already kind of acknowledged the fact that we're kind of at the liberty of whichever clubs come in to make bids for whichever players. If if there's bids coming in for Barry Bannon, can you sell him? Or or is it is it at the stage now with the situation we've got with midfielders that, you know, we how many Barry Bannons are there in this league? Exactly. Uh, it, it would be... A difficult decision, definitely, for Steve Bruce. Uh, Should interest be shown in a Barry Bannon uh, as to what you do? uh, And you have to weigh it up and go, uh, have they got a replacement right now in the squad? You would have to say no. Uh, But then if the money's right and it allows you to wheel and deal and bring in a cheaper replacement or a couple of new faces who you think could make the difference then that is going to be the you know, difficult decision for Steve Bruce but, but he said last week he's going to have to maybe make some unpopular choices and he's not afraid to do that he's a very experienced manager he's done it before and he'll do it again yeah I mean it's the, the sad fact of football I was talking to my dad last night about this that uh, I don't think there's a club in the championship where you know they're Every player in this league is up for sale. Ultimately, you know, if if the club comes along offering the right money, then uh, I don't think there's a club in the championship that wouldn't sell any player. That's just the nature of of this league, really. Um, so, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll see kind of what unfolds in the summer. Back to the Bristol City game. Uh, obviously, we all talk about the Zhao goal and uh, sorry, the Bannon goal, and it was it was brilliant. The Zhao goal also um, good, neat bit of play there. Excellent pass from Bannon. Yeah, How many nice. times have we seen that over the years? That ball over the top, great disguise on it. Good run from Lucas. Weaker foot. Uh, he's shown uh, calmness there to lift it over the goalkeeper. Uh, again, I think some people, we were debating whether that goal actually should have been given to Lucas as it was going on target, but then Jay De Silva has whacked it into the net It's a great finish It's, it's a great clearance. Well, <laughs> clearance. Well, uh, yes, good finish, that's for sure. Uh, so uh, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had gone down as an own goal, uh, frankly. But I, I think because it was on target, you've got to give Ishwell. I'd have been disappointed if I was a striker and then that doesn't go down Ishwell's goal. He's probably a little bit lucky to get it, but you know what, we'll uh, we'll take it. Um, I, I liked some of the play between Zhao and Hooper. I don't know if they've played together before. I mean, I can't. It's that long since we've we've seen you know Hooper have a sustained run in the team. I can't, I just can't remember any occasion. Um, uh, there was a bit of promise there, and it was um, you know unexpected. They're not necessarily players that you'd look at and go, well, they'd work quite well together. But some nice bits of play between them. Yeah, there definitely was. And Gary Hoop had a part in Barry Bannon's goals. Well, decent hold-up play, and uh, he was another one who Steve Bruce has decided to not pick him at Norwich. 
uh, to, wanting to save him and, and Ashraf Lazar for the Monday game and that, that decision paid off and uh, ultimately I, I just thought Wednesday looked hungrier they, they wanted it more than Bristol City uh, which is amazing when you consider you know how much like, Bristol City have got left to play for and they're right in the hunt for the playoffs themselves and I thought I was desperately disappointed in them I don't want to take too much away from how Wednesday performed in the first half you know where they were outstanding uh, but yeah, Bristol City, they didn't really turn yeah. up until the second half and they left themselves with too much to do. I think it's also important to point out that uh, having given maybe Cameron Dawson a little bit of stick for how he started and that first goal at Norwich, two big saves from him uh, late yep. on there and to, to keep the clean sheet. And I was delighted for him. You know, yeah, he, really he deserves does. that. You know, it's been for him such a. Uh, big learning curve this season. You know, to play the amount of matches he has done, to go what he went through in that first half of the season, and to come out the other side. Uh, yeah, he's gonna, I think, only be stronger for the future uh, after what he's experienced this year. Yeah, I agree with uh, agree with that. And um, great to see him get a, a, another clean sheet and three points because I think in his running the in the team, we only I think there's only one game that we won with a, a clean sheet. So um, that's 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 really nice for him. Uh, right then, let's hear from Steve Bruce in a bit. If you're a, a Kieran Lee fan, some news that you might find really exciting. First of all, uh, an update on uh, there was talk about um, new talks for a, a new contract for Kieran Westwood. So let's get an update on that. We've put everything on hold really until we know where we are. Yeah. Who knows? We could get the result tomorrow. And listen, we are, we're talking, and you know, it's a long shot, but we can't give up on it. So let's just focus our attentions to what lies ahead, which is Saturday. And then um, we've got weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks if we need it. So let's take our time. How challenging has that made it with the forward planning as well as the team have done in extending the season to the penultimate? Well, the team's done well. The squad's done well. Very, very well. You know, if you take in what performance since Christmas, we'd probably be in promotion form or whatever we are. I don't know. I haven't really looked at opening there, but I would envisage we'd be there or thereabouts. You'd be fourth and when we took challenge. Thank you. <laughs> Well, the chairman will say we should be in the top two, but we would be fourth. Well, we're there or thereabouts, aren't we? And a club like this, is, that's where the aim's got to be, and that's what we'll try and achieve. Do you think with how well you've done, is, is that going to be the, the, perhaps a slight difficulty next year, the expectation levels you've increased? I think when you walk through the door here, there's a certain expectation. I have to say it's had a tough 12, 18 months, and it's had a, a decent three months. So. I'm, I'm delighted, of course I am, but there's uh, still a bit of work to be done. We can still get better, and um, that's what we'll try and do if we can. What's the likelihood of Kieran Lee being involved maybe in the last two games? Uh, there's a good likelihood of that. Um, he, might be, he might be involved tomorrow because of just where we are and where we're up with it. Um, be good to see him around it, that's for sure. Uh, you know, he's he's trained now for the past two, three weeks and he's got two two chunks of some sort of football with the 23, so yeah, he could be involved. After 16 months now for him, how big a step would that be for him personally? Well, listen, when you're just for him personally, to be involved again must be 
fantastic and I've only seen him very very briefly out on the training ground um, and you can see why he's a very very good player and uh, it'd be for him more than anybody of course the supporters would be delighted because he's been very popular um, but for him in particular delighted for him that he's he's in and around it again and for the first time in 18 months or whatever he is he's, he's pain free How's Rolando Aaron's doing Well he trained yesterday for the first time I think tomorrow's going to be too much for him we'll, we'll see how he trains all next week Possibly 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 yeah Possibly Westwood how's he? Um, he's not too bad he trained he trained for the first time yesterday. Um, we'll see how his knee is, how he's reacted to uh, to training yesterday. But yesterday was a positive sign. Is there anybody else who might be coming back into contention? No, Lazar's struggling. He's phoned in this morning sick, and uh, and Reach is not right. I don't think he'll play the next two games either. So he's been carrying an injury for a, a little bit. So um, he will. Uh, He'll not play again. I wouldn't have thought he'd not play again this season. You were you were fairly certain that Hutchinson was ruled out for the season, which I know is only a couple of games. But is is there a is there an indication as to the full extent of his injury then? Yeah, he's got a he's got a hamstring, which obviously um, well he well he won't be involved tomorrow, and whether he's fit for QPR is debatable. So uh, I would still think we're, we're looking at that really that he's. Not going to be available probably. We've only got a week to go, haven't we? So can't see him. Uh, but you come into this final weekend after some excellent performances over the, the mm. Easter weekend. How much confidence and hope do you take from that? Well, when you analyse it this morning, the call like today, you know, we, we lost in the last minute against Aston Villa. We had a point there. I know it's all ifs. And if the referee had done his job properly at Norwich, we could have been probably going into the last two games of the season one point behind. That's the level of performances we've put in over the last couple of weeks. Um, so, hey listen, it looks as if we're just going to fall short, but it's been a quite remarkable turnaround from the players. They deserve a big pat on the back since Christmas really. They've been, uh, they've been really consistent in their work and their attitude to it and um, have, proved, have proved a decent side. The thing is, mathematically, you still can't Rule it out. No, you can't rule it out. We need, <laughs> look, uh, in seven results, we need a draw and six defeats for our opponents. So, highly unlikely, but yeah, hey, listen, you never know. We can only do our job tomorrow. Difficult one at uh, Preston, always a difficult place to go. So, we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll see where it takes us. How many of the players then within the squad have surprised you, maybe impressed you, thought thought that they might, or maybe you formed a different of opinion than any preconceived idea to what you had when you... I think all throughout, I think when you work, I think you, everybody's got preconceived ideas until you walk into the building. And uh, But when you get to know and work with people who, over the last three months in particular, you know, since February, and we're now into the end of April, they've, they've done fantastically well, all of them, you know. As a team and as a as a group, and you know, I've in, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed the challenge ahead. It's been it's I've been it's been terrific, and I couldn't have wished for a more positive re response from them. They've been 
they've, they've done terrifically well. Is there a part of you now, though, that's just looking forward to the challenge of then remoulding this squad to this your squad? Yeah, I mean, but you know, along the way, though, you know, uh, you know, he, the, the the squad has done that well that you do look to it and say, you know, yes, can we bring some fresh legs and a bit of energy to the team? Can it enhance us? Because the core and the nucleus of players we've got here is a very decent one. Although it's fair to say we are aging. You know, we, we, we've got to find a, the right balance and that's always a bit difficult. You can see why the club's nearly got there two years ago, three years ago, wherever it was. Been very close. However, unfortunately, they've they've all grew a little bit older together, and um, you know the vast majority of the squad are, are still here from where they were three years ago. So, you know that doesn't really happen a lot. So, it's an, it's an opportunity in the summer to to bring some fresh faces, to bring some fresh legs, and to bring some fresh energy, which always a squad of players wants. There's nothing quite like a new player walking through the door. So, you know, we, let's hope it's a fruitful summer for us and we can, we can do our business and, and get some decent players walking through the door. You've been talking about having this meeting with the chairman this week. Yeah, it's, uh, we put it back because we're still, we're still we'll, have a, we'll have a talk next week probably and hey, it might even go into the week after, after the season's finished. Because who knows, we're still, we've still got a chance. So we're still all focusing really on can we do the impossible? You never know. It's possible. It, it's a long shot. I think we're 200 to 1, but we'll see. What kind of assurances will you be looking for? Because I mean, you must have had conversations about money and budgets and stuff before, even in December and beyond. It's fair to say, I think it's well documented that we are in financial fair play. That didn't put me off. But like a lot of clubs in the Championship, we've got to start now adhering to the rules of what's before us. And we've seen if you break them and flaunt them, then you get penalty points and deductions and all the rest of it, and you goose before you start. So I'm under no illusion that there won't be hundreds of millions to spend. We've got to be um, clever in our work and you know, use the loan market well. For example, Michael Hector has had a wonderful season on loan. It's it's a shame that Josh Onomer has had the injury problems he had because he's another really good signer. And the two lads were brought from Newcastle give us a little bit of impetus just when the club needed it. So you know you can use the market. We've got to be clever in our approach and um, and work hard basically on trying to trying to get what we want. Do you? I mean, Hector's for one specifically has done ever so well. Is, is he? And is a free agent? Is he? It will be. Is he no, he's not. He's not a free no, agent. I wish he was, <laughs> but he's not. No. Would you try and get him back? I would. We would love to bring Michael Hector back. Of course, I would. Whether it's possible, um, you know, he's, he's still a Chelsea player, and uh, we'll have to speak with Chelsea and see and see and see what they want. But I think he's still got a year left. So um, yeah, I would love to bring him back though if I could. Uh, you will obviously round off the away programme at Preston tomorrow. Are they themselves perhaps a team that can go, what if? What if? Yeah, I've had a bit of a bad run towards the end when you don't want it. Every club's had it. Um, but listen, they've, they've done a terrific job, Alex and his, and his team, and 
whenever you go and play Preston or his team now, you know you're in for a game. So, um, wouldn't no illusion, it's going to be difficult. They've been there or thereabouts for five, six months and just fell short. But uh, they've got some good players and they've got a good team. So, back on the road then for Wednesday. Last away trip of the season. Um, tomorrow, off to Preston. Um, this kind of funny old sort of way the back end of the season's played out because a few weeks ago we kind of looked on paper and thinking that could end up being quite a juicy game Wednesday against Preston um, as it turns out um, Preston are officially out of the playoff picture now that's their season done Wednesday still in with a bit of a sniff and we uh, sorry with a squeak uh, and we heard um, Steve Bruce didn't say squeak today that's a bit disappointing oh, isn't it has it been briefed by the media team saying don't do that they keep going on about it on the podcast um, so um, yeah I I mean, you know, they're very aware of it and it's something at the moment they're still treating the season as being alive. As we went through earlier, it's quite an unlikely set of results that would... um that would you know kind of lead Wednesday to actually ending up in the in the playoffs. Um, I tell you what, though, I, I know it's it's not going to happen, um, and you know it's not going to happen. But you know we're going into the penultimate game of the season, still with a mathematical chance of the playoffs. And I know we've said it quite a few times in the last few weeks. I just think that's remarkable. I think it's brilliant. I love the fact that we're going there tomorrow, and we've actually got. It doesn't matter how unlikely it is. We've got a reason to go out and really want to win that game. Absolutely. Now it is incredible that. They are in this position. No one would have thought this was possible uh, in and around December, January. Crazy. Yeah, and it just underlines the uh, remarkable sort of run that they've gone on of, what was it, I think two defeats from 16 matches in in Steve Bruce's uh, time in charge. And uh, that uh, is uh, promotion form. I think they would be fourth in the table since Steve Bruce took over. And uh, I think it's seven wins, seven draws and two defeats. So it it, it looks as if they're going to fall short, probably because they've drawn two or three too many. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if you take out one or two of those draws, then they would be right in there going into the final two games. But nonetheless, uh, it's been one heck of a turnaround. And yeah, they they deserve all the credit they're going to get. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, are you sniffing a bit of a bit of game time for Kieran Lee tomorrow? I think as a sub. Yeah, it depends on how the I game's going. The yeah, he's going to be on the bench. He he he'll be travelling, and uh, it it's going to be a big boost to have him back in a match day squad for the first time in sixteen months. He's played a couple of under twenty threes matches, and who knows? In that last twenty five minutes, half an hour. Uh, yeah, he could inject a bit of energy into that midfield should, should things not be going Wednesday's way. So, yeah, it'd just be great to see him back out there. Other than that, we know that Hutch is not going to be uh, playing. Uh, Lazar uh, be a few has, been, has been poorly, yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's going to be one of those just wait and see until two o'clock, really. Yeah, I, I don't see Ashraf Lazar. He, he phoned in ill this morning. So, I, I think Ashraf Lazar won't be available. Mm-hmm. Probably Morgan Fox will come in. Well, actually saying that, Liam Palmer, Goes yeah, to left yeah. back. Uh, he was given a breather uh, against Bristol back, City. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe straight swap there. If any, it's what I said, I think, last week, that I actually think Liam Palmer's better performances recently have yeah. been when he's been on the left. So, for balance purposes and continuity, easy straight forward swap. Adam Reach, as I said a few weeks ago, at, at that ongoing knee problem, he's going to miss the 
final two games of the season. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we will find out more about the severity of that. You're crossing our fingers and hoping that it's not a bad one. Um, but yeah, uh, that's another change in midfield. So Marco Mateus maybe comes in. George Boyd, those would be on the wings perhaps. Uh, Josh Onuma, uh, in perhaps alongside Barry Bannon. I reckon that might be the midfield four. And then up front, it's what you do, really. Like Lucas Schwell scored, and he, he like you said before, partnered uh, Gary Hooper, and they looked good together in tandem. Uh, but then you have got Stephen Fletcher. I want to see. I, I I still want to see a bit more of Lucas Schwell at this stage of the season because he's he's the person that I'm kind of like. I mean, he's played for us for whatever three more than three years now. Uh, I, I still can't figure out if he's actually that good. It's just he, he's so hot and cold. Um, I, I, I'd kind of there's been points this season where I've concluded, you know, we know there's got to be strikers that go out. Maybe Zhao's one that you know he's still young. We get a decent fee for him, and then you see some of the stuff that he can do, and you think he's got more potential than any of the forwards that we've got at this club. But there's no consistency. But Steve Bruce is he the guy that can get it out of him? I, I keep going back forth all over the place. I don't know what I think about Lucas Shaw. Um I want to see him play the last couple of games of this season, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think it's important for Lucas Shaw to finish it strongly. And uh, from oh, his perspective, he could do with starting the last two games, putting in two big performances yeah. mate, and adding to his goal tally. You know, he's got 10 for the season. Uh, quite a few of them have been from off the bench. And that's what's going to continue to be levelled at Lucas Schwer, is he better as a sub than he is a starter you know, when he gets given a start he doesn't deliver uh, and produce the goods consistently like you were saying and I think that's the frustration that yep. you know in his in his locker he's got so much ability and talent and it, it's just trying to get him to do it week in and week out but quite a few managers have tried now and failed to tap in and get the the very best out of Lucas Schwell. So will Steve Bruce have the patience and, and decide to persevere with him when he has frequently said that strikers have got to go in the summer, they've got too many? I mean, we know at this stage that it's probably all agent talk and whatnot, but you know, if Huddersfield are knocking on the door waving £8 million around, that's going to be difficult to, to turn down when ultimately it's another another season where Lucas Schwell has frankly not come of age um and you know we we could if we were doing this podcast a year ago we'd probably have been having this conversation then um and saying you know next season has got to be the season that he, he shows what he could do there were there were people there were pundits that were tipping um you know Lucas Schaut finishes the top scorer in the championship at the, at the start of this season uh because you know this you, they see the ability that he's got and think oh, he's going to come good and it's still not happened, and it's just it's so frustrating. Uh, that's why I'd like to see what he can come up with in the last couple of games. Um, uh, if anything, it just keeps him a bit in the shop window, depending what's going to happen in the in the summer. So, so who starts up top with Lucas Schwell tomorrow? I'd, I'd stick with Zhao and Hooper. I I, I think if you're genuinely thinking, uh, as I believe is the case with Steve Bruce, that you're going to offer Gary Hooper a new contract, that. You didn't play him at Norwich uh, deliberately because you wanted to save him for Bristol City, which is fair enough. I think he then has to play as much as possible yeah. of the last two matches to, to show that he is worthy of a new deal and that his injury troubles are behind him. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, 
There we go. We've picked the team. Steve, your job's done for you. You can have the night off. Uh, right then, time for uh, When Dom Met Dom. Um, so um, let's hear from Inside the Wednesday Camp and hear from Dominic Iorfa. What is your record like at Preston? Uh, well, my personal record? Um, it's not too bad to be fair. I, think, uh, I don't think I've ever lost it. I've, I've had a lot of draws and one win, I think. What have you made it there, Steve? Yeah, um, we're already in the table right now. I think eleventh year. I think for them, I think they've had a decent season. To be fair, they were. There. I think um, they're always a sort of like a tough team to beat, and the manager's got to play them, playing in a certain way, which is good for them. I think. I think about a few weeks ago, there was like in and around the playoff positions. Mm-hmm. I'm not too far off, and then that it fizzled out towards the end of the season. But yeah, the pressing's a tough place to go, especially at their place, and I think they've had a decent season. Don, how important do you is Kevin Westwood? Been, do you think in the success that you've had in the second half? Of the uh, yeah, he's been really good. Um, probably one of the best keepers I've played with, to be fair. And um, he's been really good. Like, his organisation from the back. Obviously, you, it's clear to see like how good he is like, in terms of shot stopping. But a lot of things that people don't see is his organisation. He's always constantly barking off to our defenders, go left, go right, organisation, make sure he doesn't shot. I think mean, that's massive. What was he like to, you know, to play with uh, as a personality? What was he like there? You know, he's like, a nice guy. Like, nice guy. Like, he's loud, as you, as you can see. Um, but yeah, playing with him, like, he's good because he's always giving that information. So you know, sometimes if I if I switch off, he's behind me. Like, don't go do this. Don't switch off, and like, that helps massively. And then we know that when we do make mistakes as well, like we're, like, we're, we're confident that he'll he'll make a big save as well, which he has been doing. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's vital if the club are going to mount the challenge next year that they keep holding? Yeah, definitely, I would say so. Like he's been one of the best keepers in the in the championship for a number of years, and he's shown his qualities again this season. Yeah, you said the the, the manager, and you feel like you've learned a lot from him already. Yeah. I mean, what do you still think you can improve and get make and get that title? I still think um, like defensively, my like position at, at times can be a little bit better, and I think um, just going forward at the right times as well. I think he's been trying to install that to me as well, just like. Um, just not not to go every single time, just pick and choose your moments really. And I feel like as a as a team, we're getting more comfortable in terms of how he wants us to play, which is helping. I feel like my performance has got better like, over the last. I feel like my last two performances have been. I feel like I'm getting better and better. I think that's down to the management and just getting getting to know the boys a bit more as well. What sort of summer are you expecting here? You know, what are you expecting pre-season to be like? In terms of under under the manager. Yeah. Um, I expect him pre-season because I know um, he's big on the physical side of the championship because he knows what is, what is expected and he's big on us in terms of like getting fitter as a whole and I think that's uh, that was one of the things he installed in us really that we don't um, we need to run a bit more really I think um, the championship you can see like the best teams best teams in the league when you look at like Norwich and stuff um, they don't stop running the whole game do you know what I mean the physical stats are quite high so I think I expect him to pre-season to be honest Are you expecting to be busy somewhere here? Change, there might be a few um, Possibly so. I think new manager, he's come in, he's had, he's had like a few months to look at the whole team now, and it's normal whenever a manager goes to a new club, he goes to his own players, and that's normal. And I think there's quite a few players that have contracts, so I think there'll be a few chopping and changing. What's the feeling within the squad then? Is it is there a feeling, a sense of what might have been, or do you still think you've got a chance with two games to go of getting in the playoffs? Um, to be honest, you don't really think about it too much, really. We just, I think since we've been on this run, we've just been focusing on ourselves. We haven't really been looking at the table too much. It's one of those things, you know, like we started off late this season. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we're just focused on just winning the game weekend. And then whatever happens, happens. If it doesn't happen, then we focus on next season. You're not focusing on it, but everybody else is. So if form right now will put you fourth across the course of the last 
10 matches, playoff chasing, uh, standard of football. It's quite the, the achievement, isn't it? From where this team, by and large, not yourself, of course, were eight months ago. Yeah, definitely. I think the boys know that. And even so, um, we left it a little bit late this season. We know that going into next season gives us a lot of confidence anyway. So going into like, pre-season, going to next season, we know that we know how good we can be. And I think the boys are looking forward to it as well. We know underneath the gaffer as well how well we've been playing. So I think it's, we've got a uh, sound some good set of the future. Um, how, have you, how would you sort your own time here at Sheffield Wednesday over the course of the past few months since January? Yeah, I've enjoyed it a lot. I've come, the main thing was to come and like, start playing games again. It's gone better than I hoped as well, really. Like, I managed to chip in a few goals as well, which I didn't really think that would happen like, so soon. But um, the boys have been on a great run. I mean, I'm enjoying my football as well. The gaffer's been great. And all the teammates have been great as well. So it's gone better than I would have wished anyway. Because fans are starting to think they've got this free scoring right back off centre half now. I mean, three in no time. No, no, yeah. Well, <laughs> I've always wanted to add goals to my game. But as I said, I didn't, you know, didn't realise. I didn't think I'll get three this early on. In fact, I haven't really scored much of my career so far. But no, it just sums up how well it's gone for me at this club. And I just can't wait for next season. How much does it feel as though for you, your career is back on track? Because when you were starting out, you were in the Wolves team regularly, and then that team just escalated, didn't it? And then now you're here, you're obviously under a permanent contract, or as permanent as it ever gets in football, and you're playing regularly again. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, now when I first broke into Wolves, I had a good start, playing a lot of games. And then, like, as you said, Wolves that kicked on, I didn't really part of the plans. And I'm just thankful that I've managed to come to Sheffield Wednesday, a massive club big club in the championship with the same ambitions as Wolves had in previous years of promotion. So I know that going into next season, that'll be the ambition again with the manager and with the teammates as well. But I'm just thankful that I've got this opportunity to come to a club like this. The squad will change inevitably, but not necessarily so dramatically. Do you think that the, there are the nuts and bolts there to have, a, at the very least, a playoff kind of chasing campaign next year? Yeah, definitely. Like you spoke about form recently, that um, we'll be fourth. Uh, exactly, so I think that's it all really. And it's part, it's part of us on your team. Like in the summer, there'll be changes. The manager will look to bring some players, but the, the foundations up here are solid foundations. So no matter what, we know that we'll, we'll have a good chance next season. Again, prior to your arrival in the team and Westwood coming back into the fold, etc., Wednesday had one of the worst defensive records in the last three months. It must be one of the best, if not the best. The volume of clean sheets that you had in such a, such a close amount of time, short amount of time, just after a little bit of organisation, how much, how much do you take from that? Yeah, definitely. Like, like I've been a part of, like, since I've been a, like, a solid back four, uh, Wesley's been behind us, he's done really well. We've kept a lot of clean sheets, really. I think, I, don't, I suppose, sorry, I don't really know what happened start the first half of the season, but I suppose those things happen. But as far as I know, there's a lot of good defenders here. The team's always been solid, and when I played Sheffield Wednesday over the past few years, they've always been defensively like, solid, and I had plenty of clean sheets, so it's nothing new, really. If there is, though, something to be said of that area of the team, regular players rather than a lot of chopping and changing. There's been injuries, of course, along yeah, the way, yeah. but by and large, it's been the same back five, including the keeper, mm. clearly. That says a lot, doesn't it, rather than somebody playing one week and then not the next? Yeah, it helps. It allows us to like, build like, understanding and relationships, really. So, we start, as you can see, we're, um, like, from the game the other day, the game the other day against Bristol City, like, they put us on the, especially second half, under a lot of pressure. But you can see, like, if, I, if I make a mistake, I know Leeds behind me, like vice versa for him. I think that helps and it shows. And we get a good understanding of each other. Kind of fear with Dominic I offer that maybe you just, he, he's, he's like a record that you're just playing at the wrong speed. You just want to slow him down a bit. Got to, he's a bit. I know he's a quick player, but he speaks as quick as he moves. 
I'm not well. It's true he does, but um, he's I tell you what, he's a darn good player, and that, yeah, that, that piece of business is getting better and better by the game for Wednesday. Yeah, it is around two hundred grand. That is looking an absolute snip. Uh, right then, let's talk about uh, well, let's talk about the youth because cracking week for the Wednesday under 18s. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I I was gutted I couldn't be there actually last Saturday to see them get the point that they needed against Sheffield United in their final match to uh, to seal the league title. Uh, I saw the game before against Coventry, uh, and I, I've watched quite a lot of the under eighteens. As uh, a few of them in Liam Shaw, Liam Waldock, Connor Grant, uh, I've, I've all had experience under 23s level and there are some seriously good prospects in that group there really are uh, I'm also a big fan of Isaac Rice in defence who uh, he was on the bench uh, earlier on in the season remember that yeah um, Jos Lukai uh, put him on the bench and Liam Shaw uh, and Connor Grant uh, travelled with the first team for the Bolton match uh, a couple of months ago under Steve Bruce so right. he's really been the only one that's got close of that group to getting into the matchday squad since Steve Bruce was appointed. But uh, I, I think there are half a dozen... So I, I like Charles Hagen as well. I think he's got uh, a lot of promise. And, uh, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I think, you know, fair play to... I mean, Andy Holdsworth has done a cracking job with the under-18s this season. Three defeats from 28 matches. You know, that is uh, really impressive. Uh, and there, of course... Going for the double, similar yeah. to what the under twenty threes did in twenty seventeen. So uh, they they play Ipswich at home tomorrow, eleven o'clock. So if you're not going to Preston and you want to get your football fix in, get get to Hillsborough, eleven o'clock. Um, I think it's three pounds for adults, two pounds for concessions. I'm doing a good job of promoting this, this game, is good, aren't yeah, I? yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think it's three for season ticket holders there. So there you go. I've, I've finished it off. But uh, they fancy the chances of winning because they beat Ipswich four 0 in the league fixture. And if they win the final, it's Cardiff uh, or Leeds. And if it was Leeds, then they would be at home again. Uh, so right. for fans who will not be lucky enough to get to Hillsborough to see them tomorrow. They may have another chance in a, in yeah. a week and a bit's time. Well, let's hope so. It'd be great for them to win the double. It really it's, it's brilliant. I love the fact that you were mentioning names there of players that I've heard consistently talked about through the season. And I, I don't follow the, the youth situation like per se, uh, but it's great when you know there's names that you just keep hearing cropping up and up again because... You know, th there's a reason for that, uh, and that's uh, and that's great. And and you know, if, if some of those are going to be, you know, potentially even knocking on the door of the first team, or maybe you know, in with a shout of a of a loan out somewhere to get some experience uh, in League One or League Two or something in the next um, in the next season, that's got to be uh, that's got to be brilliant. So that's really good. Um, okay, now um, we were talking earlier a little bit about um, Gary Hooper. Is he going to get a new contract or not? Um, I think the answer to that question probably would have been. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say a given, but a lot easier, maybe six, seven weeks ago. Um, Kieran Lee, someone that we've all talked about, every group of friends, everyone sat in the pub before a match when they've been on the way to Hillsborough, has um, has referred to this and just kind of said, Kieran Lee, can you even consider giving him a new a new contract if he gets a bit of game time? Who knows? What, what I kind of want to know is whether or not, on the basis of the last few weeks, is there anyone who you've changed your mind about in terms of who should be offered a new contract at Hillsborough. George Boyd's been getting a lot of game time. Um, you know, there's other players who've been kind of getting a bit of a a bit of a sniff. 
Uh, and it could be that you've you know, changed your mind one way or the other, really. Someone that you were going to give a new contract to. You know, Liam Palmer's not had a brilliant few weeks. Where, where, where are you at with stuff? Hooper's the only one that really has changed, I would say, over the last month or so. The fact that he's come back into uh, full fitness and has now played five matches, I think, scored a goal and assists, and he's got a couple of more matches to, uh, to demonstrate to Steve Bruce that he deserves to stay and can be a big part of what Wednesday want to achieve next season. Uh, but other than that, no, not really. I, I feel as if, OK, Liam Palmer's has made a couple of mistakes uh, in recent weeks and has been at fault for some of the goals that Wednesday have given away. The Aston Villa one uh, sticks in my mind. That yep. There were a couple of goals where uh, I think he'd feel a little bit disappointed. Yep. But if you park that, I still feel as if that Liam Palmer has done more than enough to earn a new contract. Uh, Kieran Westwood... It's a given, a hundred percent. That for me is the top piece of business that Wednesday can do. He is one of the best goalkeepers in the championship. Facts. Statistically, um, I think he's the best this season, isn't he? When you that, when you run all the different stats. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, for me, in terms of priorities, Westwood uh, getting a new contract. Michael Hector would be the second signing. Michael Hector, either on loan again or on a permanent basis, and and then followed by Hooper and Liam Palmer, uh, and I, d- I did actually write uh, over the, uh, yesterday that I, I personally would give Marco Mateus a, a new contract, but I, right. uh, but I can see uh, I can see it perhaps being that he won't get a new deal. I, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me either way, uh, but I would, for, in terms of, I think Marco would be a handy squad player to have and he's played over 30 times this season and he's got seven goals I, I think numbers wise that you know it's the his best ever season at Wednesday and uh, he, he's not someone widely widely in Palmer I don't think either of those if you're keeping them they're not breaking the bank I know Wednesday have to cut costs but there's five other players who I could see going in Alman Abdi, David Jones, George Boyd. That's a, there's a lot of wages that they're going to already be saying bye goodbye to yeah. uh, in the other five. So uh, I I would still maybe look at keeping at least three, if not four, of them. Yeah. Okay. Not not change your mind on Alban Abdi then. He's uh, no. no. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I've I've had doubts about Liam Palmer only because. Uh, I actually think, you know what, I think he's a solid squad player, but I think, you know, if, if this is, if we're going to build something that is, you know, really challenging for promotion next season, I just have doubts sometimes as to whether or not he's just, like, consistent enough at this level. But I keep hearing this argument, but all I would turn around and say is that, remember, Liam Palmer played 15 to 20 games per season when Wednesday got to playoffs back-to-back years under yeah. Carlos, and so he's but, proven but that... didn't get promoted. No, they didn't. Yeah, only just ninety minutes. Well, yeah, uh, so but, just know. fallen short. So I, I, for me, like Liam Palmer has shown that uh, I'm not saying necessarily as a regular, but as a guy who can come in and fill in and do a job on either side. I I, I don't see uh, like you've got to get you got you'd have to find somebody else. Uh, yeah. I get that. So if I you don't that. keep and, Liam and Palmer, I, I hear what you're saying, but I I just think that I would um, for, for what he's done over the last few months. If you're going to give Attenuyu a contract like they did last summer after what he well, did towards yeah. the end of the season, then surely Liam Palmer deserves one because actually Liam Palmer's probably produced and done more than what Atty did. Probably, and and the reason that I probably go with thinking yes, 
we should offer him a new contract is actually probably because he's proved a bit more versatility in terms of the fact that he can cover both fullback positions. There's a real key word in that sentence, actually, and that's cover. I think we need to be aiming to have better fullbacks next season than we've had this season, or uh, we need to have consistently better. So what I mean is I think Dominic Iorfa can be a first choice uh, right or left back. Probably right, right back, back by, yeah. by the sounds of it. And um, I agree with you. I'd and, have, and I think Lazar could be a first choice left back. Yeah, I um, would have Liam Palmer as cover for either. Yeah, I'm not saying as my regular number two. Hey, if he if he performs out of his skin uh, and he comes into the team as cover when I or for whoever is injured, and then he puts in a string of really good games, then by, yeah, by all means, he, he keeps his place in the team. That that should be how it works for for any player. But that's what I'm saying. I just think for the versatility that he's He's proven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you that uh, it will be the left back spot where, if Ashraf Razar were believed that they've had talks, or again they're looking at the opportunity prospects of bringing him back on loan, uh, it, but if they can't get Ashraf Razar back for next season, then they will need a new left back. Yeah, I definitely agree. agree. Uh, right, let's move on to our opinions. Then every week we ask for your views on something Sheffield Wednesday. Could be anything current, past, or just completely random. Uh, last week, Jordan Rhodes, um, so fifty-three percent voting Romain, forty-five uh, percent voting Road Exit, and two percent voting loan him out and that doesn't really work does it For, 53% saying keep him 45% saying sell him 2% saying loan him out uh, quite tight yeah. but um, wasn't you know, far off actually the Brexit vote really wasn't actually no <laughs> maybe there should have been an extra option for just kind of loan ourselves out of the EU for a few years and see what it's like which is kind of what we've done um, we said last week that this week we we're going to do player of the season yeah we're not um, because um, the club are already doing theirs. Everyone's doing player of the season. It's boring, and we know that Michael Hector's going to win. Um, by the way, question, can you remember the last time that a lone player won player of the season for Sheffield Wednesday? Oh, I should know this. Um, no. Can you put me out of my misery? No, I can't oh, either. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I, this, <laughs> I thought you knew the answer. No, no, no. I had no. this exact conversation with someone last night. I said, can you remember the last time a loan player was like, no, 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 tell me it wasn't. Like, no, I don't know either. I can't I can't think. Um, maybe we'll get some inspiration from what we are actually going to do for our opinions because Michael Hector, you know, clearly going to oh, win player. Of sorry, season. I think I might know. Neil Mellor? Could be. Yeah. Neil Mellor when he was on loan it, under the, in the Gary Megson year? Yeah, it could be actually. Like 20 goals that season? Yeah. I'm just putting right. it out there. I don't know if, if anyone knows. Drop us a tweet and let us know. Um, so what we're asking you, uh, obviously we all want Wednesday to sign Michael Hector on a permanent transfer. Um, that got us thinking, which Wednesday loan signing would you go back and sign on a permanent? So not one of the players that's been on loan this season. We're going back, you know, whenever, however far into the past you want to go. Um, doesn't matter if they've retired now, but, you know, which Wednesday loan player would you go back and sign on a permanent? Dom? This is easy. Kenwin Jones. Ah, um, I thought about that. I, I, in terms of right, in terms of impact they had at the time, he's not been brilliant since. Um, ben Marshall. Oh, uh, oh yeah, good shout. He had Very a good. really good yeah. six months for Wednesday, and never really kind of he did. He's done all right a couple of clubs, hasn't he? But um, never, never quite kind of found that that form again, really. Um, so yeah, that's what we want to know. Which Wednesday loan signing would you go back and sign on a permanent? Join in the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions. Do you think anyone will go for Jay Bothroyd? 
Mm, no. Maybe not. Uh, we'll give you our Twitter details in a minute. Tell us what you think. We will mention some of your thoughts next Friday as we set a new opinions for your input. And that is just about it. Thank you for joining us. You can catch Dom on Twitter at Domhausen. Uh, I'm on Twitter at James Marriott. And you can contact the show at Dom and James. As ever, let's have your feedback. We appreciate your reviews. And please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to make sure that you get the new episode of Singing the Blues every week. Up the owls, and we'll see you next Friday.